This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is Talking Devils, your favourite Manchester United podcast, brought to you with classic football shirts, currently selling classic in clearance lines with products from £5 upwards, something for everyone there, um, especially our listeners, keen football fans, uh, you can order online, they do have physical shops, but you can order online and listeners to this show get an exclusive discount of 10%, TOTD10 is the code that you use at checkout for that. I'm Wayne Barton, joined as usual by Manchester United hero Paul Park. How are you doing, Paul? I'm fine, thank you very much, Wayne. Good. Um, good weekend for United. Um, a mixed bag of stuff that we're going to be talking about um, on this podcast, but at least from a performance standpoint, it's all positive. And as I'm aware, the last episode was the, the most listened that we ever had um, out of the gate, you know, obviously, over time. Previous issues, um, previous um, editions of the podcast get more um, listens, but that's because there's an archive of them. And, and now, like, but straight out of the gate, obviously, this one got a lot of attention because um, because I think because it was such a big result, and um, and we, you know we we sort of said it bluntly as it was and, and picked through the bones of it. Um, but this week. Um, we do have something positive to talk about and I wanted to talk about that from the start then uh, which was Newcastle 1 Manchester United 4 um, a couple of things before we actually talk about the game and we'll talk about the transfers later on um, but the game itself the selection poll 
I honestly thought it was a big risk. I think a lot of people did when they saw it because Ollie went back with Lindelof, which showed what he thought of Eric Bay against Spurs. Pogba wasn't in from the start, neither was Matic. And all four of his first four signings all played. I felt like it was a selection that said, even with its flaws, even knowing that it could have gone wrong, this is the team that I trust me. I, I trust to get me a result when I need it. Um, we'll we'll get to that point, but in terms of the boldness of him doing that and taking that on himself, it was a, a big sort of... Uh, it was a risk, but it showed character from Ollie, didn't it? Um... Do you know what? I don't know if I can go that way, Wayne. To be perfectly honest, and the positive thing out of this was was the result, and there was a, a performance there. And I'm one of them that if you're playing against a team that's weak, you go and show the reason why you're stronger. And I think United went and done that; they proved the point. But I've seen more fight from a team in the from a team that could have been made up in a, from a kindergarten than what I saw from <laughs> Newcastle. I saw him. I saw him at Tottenham. There was there was no difference to what they were they were at Tottenham. Difference was is that Spurs allowed them to come back in the game as they did allow West Ham to come back. Spurs should have been four or five nil up at half time. Come out second half, happy to win one nil. And obviously they get a little, well, people say good fortune, but. If your arms are above your head, there's a good chance you're going to give away penalties. But I look at it differently. I think if they had played maybe any other side, I think the game would have, it would have been different with that side. The midfield was okay, adequate. It done a job up against a midfield with with no no creativity. One player in Shelby, um, no no dynamism at all nothing no no energy levels no one who was ever going to score a goal from midfield there was a team that was never going forward one, they had two centre forward two forwards on a line one of them was the tallest winger in the world <laughs> Joe Linton um, Callum Wilson played exactly like he did at Spurs at Spurs he's fortunate he got a penalty to have a shot on goal he's had less shots at goal I'd imagine already for Bournemouth, for he, he, he had in one game for Bournemouth. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely. I mean, I saw him have one shot a goal in two games now, and that was a penalty at White Hart Lane. It was honestly, it was it was absolutely abysmal that performance. And if there, if if there had been a crowd, and it's in hindsight, they'd have been booing badly. I, I, I really am shocked how poor Newcastle were. I want to say how great United were, and they they were very very good as an attacking side. They were very very good. Good to see Fernandez get back to somewhere where he when he like he was when he first arrived at Old Trafford. I think Marcus Rashford looked good in spells through the middle. Um, I, I look at it as as well. I, other than looking now, I thought Wan Matter was fantastic. Yeah. One matter when you put good players around him who have the foresight to see what he's thinking and adapt to it, you get the best from him. It's when you put him in teams where the players are not up to his level, and then everyone says about his legs are gone, he can't run, his time's up. He's a wonderful player with great players around him, and he had enough around him to make a difference. Um, I thought that um, when the subject, um, when um, um, VDB come on I thought he, he he took him a little while once he got into it and as the goals had seen already the goal he was involved in that so there was a lot of good bits a lot of good bits but I, I, I don't I believe that a lot of United fans and I'm on about the proper fans not 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 the ones who are you know still wearing, wearing their bibs and pushing their toys around out the pram 
Um, they know, they, they'll accept that, but they know that the next game is even more important now. Yeah. Oh, more, yeah, yeah. And the game after and the game after that. That game was great to have and get that performance after getting your bottom slapped in the previous game. To have that game, it was a bit of a godsend. For it to come off the way it did, you know, it's hallelujah, hallelujah. But now then the next games are just are really, really important. The Champions League, listen, at the end of the day, you've got to look at thing of it's going to be tough but you've got to look at the Premier League and that's what it stood them in good stead for to go into the next Premier League game without people talking about them being beaten 6-1 at home yeah well I still think that that will come into it unfortunately with United um, you can't run away from bad results um, but yes it, I agree um, the Newcastle were weak they were very, very poor but I, I do think that sometimes especially when it's Holly not so much the players, but definitely Ole, um, and you wanted him to come good. So I was, I'm going to look at all the positives and think, all right, well, he he did make a, you know selections that people were criticising before the game. You know, people were saying, why is he put Pogba on the bench? Why is um, Lindelof playing? Why is Maguire playing? Why is Luke Shaw playing? But you know, and, and why is Van der Beek not? And we'll talk about that in a minute as well. But I thought the performance, um, especially considering we went. We had that sort of freak look in the first couple of minutes. As a freak look, by the way, you make your own look in a lot of respects because Lindelof concerned me being pulled miles out of position and then turned as he was. I think Shaw was a little bit unfortunate to, to deflect that crossing. But from then on, the response of all the team was good. I thought Shaw played with a determination and concentration that compensated for his shortcomings. I thought it was his best performance for a long time. Um, I thought that of Maguire as well. I thought his equaliser from the corner was good, but I thought his, he looked more authoritative again. Yes, Paul, I agree, it could be down to the, the poor opponents, but I actually thought Newcastle's strikers were their best players. Uh, I thought St. Maximum was good. Um, and Wilson caused problems, not, you know, not very penetrative, but he, he was an handful. I thought Maguire did well against him. I thought the midfield, McTominay, quietly efficient, nothing like 7 out of 10. Um, Fred, I thought he was really good at breaking the play up, but poor on the ball. Um, but for me, like you said already, Fernandez and Mata were absolutely brilliant. They really served as the axis, um, axis even, around which the performance was built. And it wasn't really until late on, because it, it looked for a long time it was just going to finish 1-1 anyway, even though United were having all these chances. And they weren't like clear-cut chances, apart from the penalty that they missed. Um, and, and honestly, at that point, Paul, you said about Fernandez coming into it, and he did, and it was his best performance, um, like Shaw, like Maguire, for, for a lot of players, really, for, for a very long time. But I felt like it only clicked into gear after the penalty for Fernandez. It was like, oh my god, I better take the responsibility for it, and he did. He was involved in everything good. Rashford was as well. Um, the obviously the move for that second goal um, with Mata and Van der Beek and, and Rashford for Fernandez to finish in the way that he did was exceptional. The um, Juan Bissaka coming up with a Paul Parker special, the red the red goal in every fifty appearances, which turns out to be a. Um, a classic as well and then you got Rashford scoring in the last minute as well um, it, it wasn't vintage um, but some of the football was good to watch and, and you said about um, we'll talk about matter in a minute but and, and where he fits into the side we'll come into that but in terms of the general performance level and, and the way that we looked good in the certain patches yes the opponent wasn't great 
but can you ask for anything more in response to what we give you? You've got a manager under criticism, players under criticism. The manager shows responsibility by picking a team that will get the finger pointed at him, as it was. They could have let their edges drop after that early setback. But like we've, I think we're both in agreement that it's some of the best football we've seen since the start of the after lockdown period. So, um, you, I mean, there's... We're giving criticism where it's due. We've also got to give praise where it's due. They they played well and they beat what was in front of them comfortably. Yeah, and that's the what I said earlier. They have to do that when games at United should be win. They have to go out there and win, but they can't just get over the line. It won't. It's not accepted. It ha- they have to go and beat them well, and they've done that. They got that absolutely right. He picked a side which he felt were going to run around and work hard for him. That's what, that's why he done. That's why he put McTominay in there and Fred. But I think everyone knows if you're going to go out and play the big boys and play that that midfield, those midfield two can't go and play now because mm. it isn't just about being able to chase around and get the ball back. It's about what you can do with the ball when you get it, and you need a little bit more than that. And that's why you you know you you need your better players in there, but you just might need them to come in at a time when the games the games that come coming up are the right games for them. And maybe I mean I look at that game that wouldn't assert that. You couldn't have had Pogba trying to do that job of running around chasing and get the ball. Yeah. Paul Pogba can only play in one position for Manchester United in the system that Oli plays, and that has to be up there with the front players. He has to be close to that front line as possible. So if he does get caught on the ball, it's not going to cause a counter-attack. It's going to get straight onto the back four because the back four are not good enough to deal with it because they lack change of pace to go and do that. Only one defender's got that, it's Juan Pasaka. But he's but once he, he's like a Des Walker. Once he gets those three two, three yards, bang, he's going. You, that quick injection of pace is not there in that back line. If we look at some of the other defences, they've got those players who can do that. They might not be of great quality. We someone might come out and say that, but they have got that change of pace and that does make a difference in certain areas. So um so Oli's done with, with what he's done there. He's done great. It's gonna have. It's gonna be different in the Champions League game, I think. But then, as we know, what? How different a Champions League game we saw at the you know last season. We saw how Bayern Munich just walked it through. I mean, fantastic. I said they were gonna win it. The moment I saw them kick off the start of their season, Bayern Munich, which is about a month before us, mm. and they was incredible. And I just said they're gonna win it. And yes, they did go and win it, and they won it in style. Now we saw United falter, and I think that might have been down to fatigue. Now we got we just got to see what's how's this Champions League going to play out because we've seen the way the Premier League is. You don't know what you're going to get at the moment in time. You don't know. Everyone's talking about PSG. PSG are still all about money. They're still paying big wages, but some of their players, some of their players, are struggling with playing with no crowds. Mm. Saying that, they're, saying that there is there is crowds in France, and there they got small amounts of crowd in France. There's been a few games with crowds in there, I think. Yeah, I've been told anyway. But still, they're no different to our play. They're still mentally trying to get through that as well. So the games now are that little bit opened up now in that sense. You ain't gonna you ain't gonna get you know in that stadium. It isn't gonna be packed for the um, Parisians in there who are going to affect maybe certain players in the United team. That kind of coldness, that ghost stadium, is maybe more so going to affect them more than Manchester United at this moment in time. So it's quite open, the Champions League, to to nail it down. I bet you the majority of the people, you say to people who's going to win the Champions League, everyone's going to go, 
Bayern Munich. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, you look at everyone else, Wayne, and everyone else are struggling. Barcelona and Real Madrid struggling. Yeah. <laughs> they both lost at the weekend. We really don't know where we're getting. We look at Liverpool, the way they are. Look, just look at a picture of how they've gone and their, their results has gone. You look at City as well. And, you know, you look at every, our league's in, in a little bit mess. So's the Spanish league. The only one that's looks, got anything, looks like it's going in the way it normally goes, is the German league. Yeah, yeah. even even in Scotland, certainly last. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 did I say at the start of it, top leagues? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, um, let's talk about um, one matter then. Um, one matter, Iman Fernandez. Um, Joy to watch, even even yeah. Again, it's Newcastle, but they were brilliant to watch. And matter when we've seen him this season has been good. Um, obviously, again, that depends on the opponent. But it has always been a thing with United over the last sort of eight or nine months. It's like, oh, our attack is sorted. We know our front four or front five. It's just the defence that needs sorting. And while the defence still does need sorting, I, I think that what we saw. Again, Newcastle notwithstanding, is that it's not straightforward in attack because if it's not just a point of saying, oh well, you can play Pogba, Greenwood, Marshall, Rashford, and even Rashford from the left. I think that what we saw is there are different um, different options there, and one matter, you know, they've said it's his lack of pace that means that he can't get into the game against different opponents, and maybe that's true, but maybe it's about putting the right players around him because Matter and Fernandez. You can see that they're technically superior to anyone else around us. And then we'll talk about Van der Beek in isolation in a moment. But when you put him into the mix, it results in... Obviously, it's not going to happen in every single game. But you see something like what happened with the second goal. And you think, oh my God, that combination of players is the best thing that we've got at the club. Um, So, for you, Paul, I mean, you talked about... McTominay and Fred coming into a game let's say against Chelsea for example where it's going to be a little bit difficult for them to to do the same job in midfield as what they did um, against Newcastle but matter for you is he he's obviously it seems to me pretty obvious he's the most technically gifted player that we've got in the outfield does that mean that we've got to find a place for him in the team and build around him even at the age that he's at I, I don't know so much about building around him, but the one thing I will say is that people keep coming up and saying he's, oh, he's too slow, he's too slow, and he's got a brain that's quicker than anybody's feet. Mm. And if people saying he's too slow, how slow was Teddy Sheringham? Mm. Mm. You know, you can't come out and say that. People are born for certain things, and if every f- footballer was quick, then we wouldn't have, we wouldn't, we wouldn't need a football that we'd that sometimes we do see in the Premier League or anywhere in the world because all of a sudden everyone's going to be more concerned about running quick rather than someone slowing down and using their brain. Because your brain... um, brain, Sorry, Paul. I did just interrupt. I I did a tweet uh, maybe about 18 months ago. I feel really bad because he was one of those that got a lot of retweets. And I was just joking about matter and I said he's so slow that he's going backwards and can... Um, alter space-time continuum like um, Back to the Future you know, because he's going that far in reverse but then yeah I, I mean I love Matter I think he's a brilliant player and and I was just joking about I think it must have been a game where he played and he looked off the pace because of the fact that everything was um, hectic around him but like you said though the players around him are the ones that um, yeah. you know he's so intelligent and he, he's, he's He's too he's too intelligent for some players. Now you go and you go and suddenly put him in play him in a 
a League Cup game yeah. and you put players around him who haven't played a lot of football either and you get him to go in there, that's when, he's gonna, that's when people are going to turn around and say that about, oh, well, he's too slow and he didn't do this and do this. One, first of all, he hasn't played a lot of football. So it's difficult for a lot of those players who go and play in those League Cup games. People just suddenly think you're going to come straight out of the blocks and bang, you're going to get on it. No, life's not like that. As we know, you keep, you keep a Rolls-Royce in the garage for three, four months. You pull it straight out. It's going to falter for a little while before it, get, before it starts opening up. Yeah. And, that's, and that's no different to a human who plays football or does any other sport. You keep him running and ticking over, yes, his performance will go down a bit because he is going to make mistakes. But then you, but you'll get a more fluid performance if it's running and purring along, and that's what matters is about. So you put him around other 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 people around him who are struggling a bit, but they haven't really got a brain like he's got. He's going to struggle because he can't run quick to get himself out of trouble. It's his brain that takes him into areas which other players don't go. He knows where to go and stand. He knows when to play one, two, three touches. So you put him in a side that's flowing well and you put he will get in there and he will make a difference. You can't he can't go week in, week out. But I certainly think in bigger games, he should be one of those you should be looking at, maybe, that once once you get yourself in front, in front in the game, and you want someone who's gonna who's gonna go on that pitch and demand that the players keep the ball to run the clock down, to take the ball into areas, or you put him on because teams look at you, you go why matter? He can make a goal out of nothing. If we counter-attack too much, he's going to get to him. He's going to, he's going to catch us out. It gets in people's heads. How many managers suddenly go and put on someone who've got someone like a one matter on the bench, but suddenly go and put on an extra set and a half and attract, attract the ball to be kicked into deeper areas because they're lacking a midfield player? Mm. Everyone does it. Oli does it all the time. He'll suddenly bring Baye on and go free at the back. And we've seen problems with that already. How many times United have suddenly got that bit in front and they put the extra man on, but they put the extra man into a congested box already. So there's too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, and so he, he, he's a wonderful player even now. So you've got, so these people who keep coming out and saying he's too slow. I, I really don't understand how anybody... When you, you judge him by what his career's been, his career's been always that his pace has always been there. He hasn't ever got any quicker, but everyone says what a great player he is. Yeah. He's, always, he's always been a great player. Teddy Sheridan didn't... When, it, when he signed for Manchester United, he wasn't a 100-metre sprint champion before he got there. <laughs> he joined Manchester United with the same pace he had before. Yeah. So I really don't get some of this, but the way people say, I can understand people saying he's not the quickest, but then your next breath should be, but Christ almighty, his brain is incredible. His brain is quicker than most players' feet. Yeah. So yeah. I think he needs a little bit more, people saying they love him, this and that. I think they're saying it like, oh, well, they're virtually saying that they feel sorry for him. He doesn't, you don't feel sorry for him. He's gifted. I don't feel sorry for him. I wish I had half his talent with the football at my feet. The man's incredible, and what he needs to do, he needs to be respected sometimes by the manager to be playing in bigger games because the better players are on the part. You ask Fernandes who he wants to play with. You ask Van der Beek who he wants to play yeah. playing with. You ask Rashford who he wants in and around him if he wants to play off for somebody. Yeah, it's always going to be matter, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Ju- the best judges in football are players. They can't maybe go out and be a coach or anything, but they'll tell you a good player... The same as when Gary Pallister and Steve Bruce told Sir Alex Ferguson about Eric Cantona when they were asked a question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
it's, it's right as well. I mean, matter, um, like I said, it's turning into a matter fan show, this, but um, <laughs> as, as, I think, to be fair, he probably deserves it. This is a player who, I mean, over the last couple of years, he's played 22 games in, in 2018-19. He played 19 games last season. He's one of those that he comes into the side and you're like, oh, when, when it goes well, like it did against Newcastle, we have these conversations because you look at it and think, oh, my God, this could be brilliant. But then when it doesn't go right, it's like you said, it's very rarely Matt's fault. It's the combination of players around him yeah. or, or the, the occasion that he's at, do you know? And, yeah, I, I think that what we saw on, at the weekend is um, a convincing argument to try it again and, and try it to play to his standard, to his... Um, to his liking, around mm. not, maybe not build the entire team around matter, but at least construct this system where um, where he can flourish in it. Um, because United, if they're getting the best out of matter, then it's the best out of United. That's that's yeah. that's the way that I look at it at the moment. So, a player who comes into that conversation is Van der Beek. Um, didn't start again, Paul. Um, there was a talk about from his agent saying, "Oh, I'm so shocked about this. He should be playing every game, and maybe that's you know, you can look at the quality of the midfield every single game and say, yeah, he should have probably started, um, especially when you look at the results. Um, there's no arguing the quality, the the, the way that he links up in that um, the combination play looked really good on on Saturday. Um, where do you stand on his introduction to the squad? Is it something that's counted against Ollie in the fact that he's sort of he's brought him in um, gradually, or, or do you think it's a sort of sensible way to have done it? I I'm I'm not really understanding. He's got him. He's got him very very early, and it shocked everybody when he got him, and everyone's everyone was so pleased, and they saw a change, a change in the transfer policy at United, and as usual, everyone got disappointed a few weeks later. <laughs> but you, you looked at him, and you you look at you look at you think about how young he is, and you think about his experience he's got already from what he's done, and you say to yourself, "Hold oh, a minute, this is a player who needs you. You need to get out there." And you look at Manchester United; they love a marketing tool. He's a proper marketing tool because of where he's from, how 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 he's seen. He's come from one of the biggest, from one of the biggest name clubs in the world. You know, you go anywhere. You mentioned the Netherlands. You say football team. Everyone will always say Ajax. Mm. It's as simple as that. No other club. No other club comes anywhere near it. So his pedigree is absolutely incredible. He's um. His knowledge, everything about him, his, his educa- football education is mostly better than any player at maybe Manchester United. You can maybe talk about some others because everyone respects the duck, the duck philosophy on youth players and how, how, how they're coached and how they're brought up. And every great side over the many years who have won Champions Leagues have always had a, has had a Dutchman in their, in their yeah. ranks. And you think to yourself, right, OK, you've got, a young, you've got him here and then you kind of go, well, hold on a minute. And you're looking who's playing in front of him. So I think Oli has to think about how's he going to play now. Is he going to play as a team that's got to have two players who can hold and chase the ball around and destroy? Or is he going to be a, become a team that's going to have better ball retention? Because he's got great players around who want to keep the ball. And the one thing those players will do, as Fernandes, they will hunt back. To try and get the ball back, they don't have to. You know, you don't have to be someone who runs around with no technical ability. You can actually be someone who runs around, tackles, but got great technical ability, keep the ball, score goals. You can do that, 
I played with two of them, Paul Wentz and Roy Keane. Yeah. And there was, and I played with one earlier early in that, and Brian Robson. So it can be done. Great footballers can actually chase around the ball, chase the ball and hunt it down and close down space. Because the game isn't always about making tackles. You only try and make tackles when you have to. Because otherwise, impetuous referees want to book you now. Yeah. So I think that Ollie has got to think about how maybe the way he's playing, look at maybe his formation. Can he tweak it? Somehow he has to get that man on the pitch. He has to get, definitely get him and Fernandes on that pitch every every big game, as many games as possible. Yeah, it's going to be... Then yeah, then, he, then he's going to think, then he's got to think to himself, what about Pogba? How am I going to... If I'm going to get the best from Pogba, how am I going to work that in as well? And then he's got to say, but I want... I like what Matic does, the way he works from back to front. The way he works in that little gap there. His positional sense helps. That's what he's got. It's all, it's all very, very intricate, what he's trying to do. And it's results orientated because the moment he tries and do... And it doesn't work. Everyone's going to go at him and call him a crap... Te- crap um, technician a crap, tactical no tactical now so everyone will come up Twitter will hit him with everything all these Manchester United supporters who know better coaching than anybody work all day work all day sitting in offices and everything but they know they know the tactics of football which is amazing how these people can do two jobs um, so it is a really difficult one and I, I you see him and you want him on the park but football only allows you 11 players and it says it can only muck about maybe what four positions around midfield you've got to be careful in what you do so you might have to lose maybe a wide player but I don't I don't really know the one thing I do know is that Marcus Rashford in, in that he seemed to enjoy that he, role he looked good That's how he, he looked very he looked, good because he was flitting he was going short and then he was getting balls in behind him but he was making unselfish runs as well Martial doesn't do that mm. Martial doesn't make those unselfish runs he's running he's saying give me the ball give me the ball but he doesn't explode and use his pace the way Marcus Rashford does. He doesn't pin people down enough. And if Marcus Rashford loses the ball, do you think you believe to yourself he's going to get up and he might try and chase it down? Yeah. He ain't going to moan about it. So there was more urgency in that front line, not lethargic. I don't know if, Green, if Greenwood was injured. I've got no idea. But maybe he needs a little bit of time away from, from playing as well, from playing regularly. Because like you said um, quite a few minutes ago, everything was settled. The front, that was the front three that scored more goals than Liverpool's front three. The problem is that they weren't as good as Liverpool's front three consistently enough. And that, and that was a big difference. They weren't a big enough threat. As much as we know our back line isn't good enough, but the front three weren't threatening. So if United concede, concede two, there wasn't a guarantee that they could score two, let alone three, the front three. Yeah. Good hype, but you never got all three of them playing together. They, they didn't frighten anybody. Uh, Mason, uh, Mason Greenwood didn't frighten anybody who'd been up against Mo Salah the week before. Yeah. Um, Rashford wasn't really being like um, Mane was. Every time Mane's playing, Mane, people know, when Mane's having a bad game, people know when after that game, when they've kind of gone, I've played. Oh, I played really well. Mane never had a shot and never scored a goal. But they go, Christ Almighty, my, I'm black and blue here. Yeah? He is, he is mauled at me. He has tried to yeah. win penalties off me. I'm shattered. Not with, not with Rashford. Not with Martial. Not with Mason Greenwood. Yeah. Those three don't do enough to make bad into good. I play with the best player ever who made bad into good. Mark Hughes. Yeah. Yeah, There's, and it needs that. 
It needs that. I mean, I always, as far as I was always concerned and anything, is that if I'm having a bad game, I just had to make sure the person I was up against was having a horrible time. Yeah. Now, I look at, if I'm going to judge me, I look at Wan Pasaka yesterday. Had quite a poor game, didn't he? It wasn't a great game for him. His passing wasn't great. His decision-making wasn't great. He looked jittery. Scored a hell of a goal. A hell of a goal. He scored. And that made such a difference. Now, I'm saying, if I'm watching wan play, and I know I've, I've changed it around a little bit now, is that I would say to wan control, pass, move. Yeah. Control, pass, move. Once you've had that first touch, and it's a good first touch at your feet, your second touch, unless there's space to run into, just pass it and then move again. That's all he has to do. He did that. He got two times inside of about a minute... He's controlled and he's passed it in Fernandes, but he hasn't run. Mm. He, just, he just stood still because he thought that's enough because he was having a bad game. Didn't want to do it. He got rid of it quick. Didn't do the next bit. And that's, the, and that's as far as I'm concerned, the way he should be playing. Someone like him to ease his way. And so it makes it easier because the moment he has more than two touches, he starts looking a bit clumsy because his body shape and the way it is. So he's going to have to change that way. And someone who was that same body shape was Viv Anderson. Yeah. And Viv was just control, pass, and then those legs open up and bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I agree. I thought Wan-Bissaka had a mixed game at least until... Um, I thought he was better, obviously better than what he was against Spurs. But, um, yeah, it, it is... Um, I agree with you on everything that you've just said, really, especially mm. about Rashford um, in that position in the middle. Um, and he's so complicated at the moment because Martial's been playing through that role. And then you look at Cavani, who's, he's not come to sit on the bench all the time so no no that's that's the one player you can't wait I think I just look I'm just on the outside looking in everything that he's achieved and he's done you say to yourself you, he's got to be playing you don't you don't sit him on the bench mm. if he's fitting ready you 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 play him so he's got to so he has to be playing so then if he's playing I would say then if you look at yesterday then I would say that Marcus Rashford would go where where um, Daniel James played yeah. Either side, and he'll, he'll might, he might go into there, or you think if if he's Cavani's playing up there, you might turn and say, in certain games, I'm going to start Wan Matter there because Wan Matter playing balls, getting balls, playing balls into Cavani's feet, and then making runs off of him to play little give and goes around. I mean, at one point they played three one twos, didn't they? Him and Fernandez on the edge of the box. Yeah. And there was a shot in. It was un- unbelievable. So why matter again? I mention his name. Dig him up again. Can come and can come and do that job. But the options open up. And I keep looking at Marcio, and everyone keeps trying to talk about him. I'm going to use the word which tells you difference between a good player and a great player. Consistency. Yeah. And that's the difference. So one one quick <laughs> note, just to finish on the game. Um, mm. Dan, Dan James. Now, I'm not saying he was. Brilliant, much the same as Wan Bissaka, but the, I rate, I did the match rating for the um, for the website, and I, I gave him a six out of ten. But I thought it was a good six out of ten. I didn't mean that in like a bad way. I thought it was much better than what we've seen of him lately. And I, and I do put that down. Yes, we bring Matter up again and, and Fernandez, but when you've got players who have that kind of creative liberation around them. Um, and James can sort of I'm not saying, like I said, I thought it was a 6 out of 10 but it was a good 6 because you can use his pace a little bit smarter, a little bit better whereas if you've got Martial and Rashford 
they're asking James to do everything that Fernandez and Matter are doing and then be the quick player, you know. I, I just think that maybe maybe that's the answer with Dan James. While while he's here now, he's here, he's not going on loan. Maybe it's you only really play him in games where Matter and Fernandez are playing together because that's the way that you're going to get the best out of him. Yeah, he's another player who needs to be playing with more experienced players who are going to help him and then you know get, look, get, help his football education at the moment in time and maybe slow him down a touch yeah. rather than going in and i.e. playing in a League Cup game with players who haven't played a few players who might be a bit bitter who will turn and say there you are run get on with it so no then it makes him look bad and he gets questions so he does the only way he's going to learn is by playing with better players that's what will help him in the right areas so I think in, in a lot of his game yesterday it was good in a lot of it but once he got to that final bit of that decision, that's where he failed every single time. Yeah. The final decision, because he's still... So once he's tried to slow down, his head was still going. His head, you know, his head become his legs. And he never slowed down. He, he wasn't in his brain slowed down enough to make that final decision right. He just got in areas and he, he took one touch too many. He, he was, maybe didn't, should have taken another touch. Everything didn't work that way, but it was definitely a step forward. And you just come out and saying you're giving them a good six. So you're like, so if you'd have been a school teacher, you wouldn't have given a lad a B, you would have given him, say, sorry, a C, you would have given him a minus C, yeah? <laughs> why, you know, yeah, why didn't you know, why didn't you give him a six point five or something just to there you are, and then you haven't got <laughs> then, then you haven't got to write a load of lines up to explain why you only gave a six. Yeah. Six six and a half out of out of ten. Yeah, is, is is a good. It's good to have. I'll 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 go with that. I think, but right. I don't do the offs. So don't that's yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, yeah. You're right. You're right with that, and I, and I agree. And I, that, everything that you just said um, about you know his head be, becomes his legs. He's, that's Dan James to a T. Um, mm. well, we'll we'll see. Um, and I'm not one of those. I, I can't stand it. Everyone who's just completely written him off. Is he United player? Is he young player? He's got lots of potential there. Let's Listen, if he, if he was coming from in, if he was coming from inside, in within the club, it would be a different story. Yeah. Oh yeah. Remember, he's a young lad who's come from outside, so it's a, so he's been bought in, so it's different. They, you know, that's that's the way it works. But it'd be interesting the people who are moaning at him regularly about what age group they're in, really. Yeah. Well, because it's, it's that now. Maybe they're from that now society entitlement. Yeah. Um, well, having said that, do you know, I can agree. With we looked at him over the last year, and and we've sort of seen that regression, and I can see why there's a frustration with him. And if someone thinks, oh, well, there's not a player there, then that's their opinion. I just think that, that maybe it's just something we're more inclined to sort of say, oh, we'll give it patience and see how it goes. Um, let's talk about the transfer deadline day because, good grief! Now, obviously, I've tried to be positive so far in in this podcast I was like <laughs> even when you said uh, it was only Newcastle I'm like yeah it's only Newcastle but you know blah 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 um, and like you've, every sort of point we've just made I've tried to look on the positive of it but oh my god there's been so many disappointments over the last um, seven years with transfer windows and I've got to say that what we saw in the last two days of the transfer window disappointed me more than losing against Spurs in that, I mean, if you ask me what I'd be more concerned about the future, I'd say, well, it's what we did off the pitch in the last two days, that transfer window. Obviously, all the signings that we made um, will give time to, and I hope that they make a difference. And I'm not just crying about this because we didn't sign a centre-back. 
What bothered me most about this poll is that we've invested time and patience in Twally. And I think we've sunk from the same in sheet with that. You know, give him time. When he got rid of Lukaku and Sanchez without a replacement, we were saying give him time. I think you were probably the only former player or pundit. I remember saying no, that back him on both of those decisions because they, they needed to be moved on. And what we were saying was give him time, let him have the opportunity to oversee the change but you had two transfer windows obviously his long term plan wasn't to set, let Lukaku and Sanchez go and then replace them with Igalo on loan and then Cavani on a free transfer in the last day of the window he wanted something different he wanted Arland by all accounts even if he doesn't get Arland get someone else that's not his plan so when we're saying give him time obviously the club have got to meet him halfway on that as well. It's not just like saying, oh, well, he got those players in, so you judge him on that. But we were told to give him time because he was building something. And we were told that the transfers were con- uh, difficult to conduct in this period and you've got to find the right player and everything like that. Then you go and do what we did, which seemed to go against everything that we've said we were building towards. We were signing players that were available for free, players that were gettable for peanuts, all of that in the last couple of days. All of it says that Woodward had a much greater say in it than he should have. Um, I said, am I, am I, you know, I've, I've tried to be positive through this. You know that I'm, I try and be a glass half full kind of guy, Paul, but it's all seemed a very concerning rush that last couple of days, didn't it? We'll talk about the players in a moment, but I'm talking about the policy itself, you know. Trusting the patients, trusting the development, and then the last two days sort of just spat in the face of all that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's no policy. There's it's kind of it is hit and miss to be perfectly honest. Is you know one minute you know all the all the talk, everyone's reading all the papers, and I'm just ignoring them about this because you know my feelings on this Sanchez one. It was just it was embarrassing for Manchester United to be named with him week in week out. Every Tom, Dick and Harry was a, had a source telling people, oh, it's going to happen here and this. Everyone wanted to be the person who knew everything. When in theory, I, I, I said from day one, United don't need him. They don't need to go and spend that kind of money on potential. Sancho, not Sanchez. Yeah, sorry? sorry. Yeah, Sancho. Did, yeah. did I say Sanchez? I think so, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Sancho, yeah. They didn't need to go and spend all that money on potential because that's yeah. all he is. And if it was viable... Then the, were the club really trying to pay that? I think we have to say the way the Germans conduct themselves in market, in the way we've seen the way they work, and everything about what it is about Germans. Well, I think I'm led to believe is really that Manchester United weren't really pushing to do the deal. Yeah, in my opinion, they weren't pushing to do it because I think Dortmund are built as a club to go out, bring in his players, and then send, send sell them on, move them on at a profit. And Sanchez was one of them. Got him very Sancho. They got him very, very cheap, and they've they've embellished his game, added things to it. Maybe on his discipline side within the game, maybe not so much off of it. But um, still, if you'd have offered that money, I think maybe they would have taken it if it knew it was going to be there. Maybe the way the deal was um, being worked, they didn't want to go down that line of you know little portions of money. We don't know. But it was the wrong line to United to be going down and to be seen going down because they're Manchester United. They, they shouldn't be doing that. The moment that when it said August the 10th, 
done by then or not at all. The moment it wasn't done, United should have gone, right, we've wiped our hands clean of it. We're not, that's us done now, and it's not talked about again. And Manchester United come out and make, that's us done. That means that anybody who wants to write about it, it's got nothing to do with us because we are finished. But to get involved in it was absolutely ridiculous. And what they've gone on now, so they've tried to shop at, at Boss, and all of a sudden they've had to go in the market or Primark. <laughs> That's, that's what they've gone that's what they've had to go and do and I don't mean the quality in the players I mean in the way that they were trying to do business yeah. but, you know that's what I meant because two players are brought in one of them Cavani everything about him is just pedigrees absolutely incredible what he's got behind him is absolutely incredible can he can he carry that on at his, his age we have to say there's always going to be that bit of a doubt, but there's always been those exception of players with hearts, a heart as big as a dustbin who will go out there and give everything. He's a good athlete, good shape, everything about him, good pace, scores goals, been out a while, but yes, okay, it, it, it works. The left-back, I really don't know enough about the left-back to come out and have an opinion as such. Everyone tells me he's a good attacking left-back, he does this. It's come, coming, come from a great club in Porto who produced some of the best players at in Portugal they go and bring a lot of players in from Brazil and all of a sudden they move them on as well because that's a club that moves players on as well so they're, t- they're two decent players to come in and will they make a difference yeah they will make a difference they will make Manchester United look better but it's about Manchester United over a season can they go and add that consistency to the, the team is better over is better over the season yeah for me Paul the thing with Tellez is, and I've not seen loads of him. All I can see is that he's he looks a little bit quicker than Shaw. Is is <laughs> oh, come on? Yeah, please, well, I, please stop stating the obvious. Although <laughs> well, there's some more to come. But this is the point, really, that he looks a little bit um, looks a little bit quicker. His his delivery looks a little bit better. I'm not saying that he's um, he's crossing his his anything exceptional it's not Andy Robertson or anything like that but but it's better than Shaw and what I'm saying is that's a player that we went out and got for 12, 13 well between 15, 20 million or whatever so that's like a squad player that you've signed for less than what we signed Shaw for he was there he was available and I think honestly when people look at him playing they're going to think oh my god he's, he's twice the player Shaw is because he does the things that you would expect Shaw to do. Do you know what I mean? Those things yeah. are going to be second nature. Now, that's my concern with the policy because, I mean, we've got three or four areas like that. The right wing is one. So why can't you find a player that, you know, that's 10, 15 million pounds that can come in and do that area on the right wing? It's just ridiculous for me, Paul, all of that. And then they've gone and signed two players, one that's not coming until January, and then this uh, Palestre who's come from uh, Penarol. Um, and they say no, he's going to take some time to come in as well. Um, they made a big deal about signing four players, two of them are senior players. Um, and like I said, we give them all the time and, and hope that they do make these massive differences. But I just look at it and I think that, first of all, it looks like Woodward has had his fingerprints all over it. But second of all, the centre-backs, I mean, how, how did we go from the Spurs game and you've you've admitted that we're going to need to panic by you've panic bought and not one of those players is centre off it's just unbelievable uh, it, it concerns me deeply but um, 
But then, then you have the the games like we saw against Newcastle, where you look at a player like Matter coming in and just being given that chance, and then you you start to well, if you are like me, hopeless romantic, <laughs> you start to think that oh well, maybe the defense um, can hold out for another few months. But the reality is, um, you are going to see more games like Newcastle and more games like not maybe six ones, but. The, the last two games are going to be sort of what we can expect, aren't they? Really, you're going to expect United to defend poorly in whoever it, it could be against anyone. It could be against Chelsea. It could be against um, Wolves. It could be against anyone. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we are long. You know, our defence is there to stay now to the end of the season, and and it isn't. It's just. It's going to be. It's going to be an up and down moment. To be perfectly honest, because as much as everyone talks and says about, you know, yesterday was better. There was up against nobody. Callum Wilson wasn't doing anything. Um, Lindelof will, will always get rolled. It's too impetuous. Too impetuous. Harry Maguire is always going to get bypassed or give fouls away because he's too impetuous. Wants to dive in all the time. It happened a couple of times yesterday, chasing through. I look at maybe the position for the, um, the own goal. The own goal. I just, I still wonder about that one. I need, I need, really need to see that. How, how that, how that happened, really. For, for you know, one, one of the slowest counter attacks ever. How that, man, how that managed to go. So there is problems. Everybody's out there now. I've seen all Harry Maguire's family out there saying, "You showed them. You showed them." It's one game. It's one game. Yeah, you, you, can, you can understand why. Yeah, I know. But you know. The one thing, one thing in football. It's called it. There's always there's always another game. Always yeah. another game. It's like going in at half time, three nil up. <laughs> you know, it's a bit. It's a bit. It's a bit like that. And you you just have to be careful in this one. And you, yes, you can understand it. But sometimes, if you put yourself in situations, you have to fight your way out of it because it won't rectify itself in ninety minutes. Mm. It's more than that. And again, I use those word consistency. So when I call our defenders impetuous. It's maybe the worst kind because they believe that they have to touch the ball. The game's changed now. You don't have to touch the ball to be a good or great defender. You just have to be in areas. You, you, look, at, you look at how many fouls Van Dyke gives away. Because every time he gets close to people, people say he's not going to dive in so I can't roll him. He's not going to dive in so I can't fall over and earn a free kick. He's not going to dive in so I, can't, so I can't get him to get a yellow card, which puts him under more pressure. Stand your ground and don't dive in. Mm. And, and they dive in every single, every single time. They dive in, they get body rolled every single, because they're trying to win the ball. Yeah. Steve Bruce, and again, I keep mentioning his name, Brucey, because that's how much I think of him as a defender. Everyone, I didn't ever hear many people keep coming out. Whenever something went wrong, it was always, oh, well, Bruce is slow. Every time we had our good results, good, everything was about Bruce. No one ever run him. Yeah. No, no one ever rolled him because he knew his strengths, but more importantly, he knew his weaknesses. Yeah, and, that, and that's and that's what it's and that's what it's about. Harry Maguire, not great agility, terrible athlete, not quick feet. Stay in your position. Work between the area of the box. Do not go outside the, in the tram line. Don't go in the gully. Because you can't, because you're out there swimming without a life jacket. Mm. Stay within the box, within the width of the box, and just work in there. Don't step outside, because you make sure your fullbacks are there next year to do that job. You tell them how you want them positioned, their starting positions, and then you tell them to work hard. 
Luke Shaw, his overlaps are five minutes too late. Yeah. Because he's thinking about it, thinking to himself, do I have to do this? If I don't, if I don't, if I do it and it breaks down, I've got to run a long way back. But if I hold off and know it's a hundred percent on, I'm going to get the ball. Then that means I can save energy. I do it later rather than being proactive and go. I'm just going to do it and make the run. Can I affect it? I watched every single one of his overlaps. It was too late. It was far, far too late. Yeah. Every time he done it, didn't affect him. Didn't take a player away because it was they saw him coming it was far too late so those little so there's a lot there on our defending and our t- which no, 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 no one's proactive no one's actually seeing space and going I need I need to fill that area not because people go but why you got to fill that area it's only space because space doesn't score goals but if there's space that means there's areas for people to make late runs into and if there's someone standing there they won't make the run yeah that, that is, is right. I mean, sorry to interrupt again, Paul, yeah. but you, you're right in what you're saying about that. I mean, they are attracted to the ball and not the space. Mm. Um, it's just funny that you mentioned the sort of um, art of everyone wanting to try and touch the ball and, and the way that they do that because it, it brought to mind, um, and, and we're talking from one extreme to the other, you're not expecting players to be Ferdinand and Maldini, but I bring them up because they're too probably the two best centre-halves I ever saw in my lifetime and I look back at them and especially with Ferdinand because I saw him play every week for United and what made them so good was that they didn't you never saw him tackle they never had to tackle because like Maldini I'm sure came off as clean as he went on to a pitch do you know what I mean he, mm. he was that immaculate because they read the game so well I once did a, a study because I was like Am I seeing this with Ferdinand right? And so I did it over a month and I like looked at tracked all his stats for a month and it was a month in which we won the title. It might be in twenty eleven. Um a month in he played all the games in there. And he and I like sort of tracked the stats in all of his games. He didn't make a single tackle. And it, there's probably other months where that happened, but a full month of games he didn't make a tackle. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because that's it didn't mean that he was a bad defender. It just meant that he read the space intelligently, and, and that's what United are missing more than anything, isn't it? The intelligence in that defence to sort of say, you, even one, even one intelligent defender of that, not even standard, but ilk, someone who thinks that way, could have a massive difference on the way that that back line plays. Oh yeah, without a doubt, and it, it, the back line hasn't got it. Definitely hasn't got it. And I see D- David de Gea is the most vocal player in that back line. Yeah most vocal and there's still people out there who are still trying to get Henderson in a team and I find that strange a few people try to blame him for the goal which is unbelievable (laughs) absolutely madness everyone's now looking trying to question him I hadn't seen haven't seen one bit on Twitter or anywhere when anyone has talked about the save he made incredible with the left hand no one's talked about it he was absolutely immense honestly I could not believe and to actual fact as he's touched it as he's gone back and he's gone behind on his on his left shoulder and he's hooked it and he's pushed it out with power as well yeah. to do that he didn't just stop it he's actually pushed it away and he's gone to Luke Shaw lucky enough Luke Shaw didn't think he was a 1-2 and pull it in the back of the net but um it was absolutely incredible. And he'd taken a whack on his right shoulder. He almost dislocated his right shoulder in the first half, yeah, yeah. you know, by making a save. So 
he's been he's just got on with it and it was easy for him to sulk and things go because all of a sudden they bring back a goalkeeper which everyone's got him but he's showing he's showing how good he is now he's he's maybe needed a kick up the bottom and he's got in his and that, that's maybe it because he's playing absolutely wonderful and yeah, I just, I just really, I just, it grates me when I see that and people want to, a ball goes in the back of the net and people are so quick all the time to blame goalkeepers. I've been guilty of it on maybe numerous occasions. I can't remember how many times I look at things and say it, blame keepers when I was playing. But I'm looking at De Gea and I think myself and that deflection and, I'm, and all of a sudden I'm seeing people come out and say, oh, I'll blame him for that because of this. You think, oh my God, where did you, where did you do your goalkeeping classes? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just it's just madness, really. Everyone's looking for every people naming their teams. I would I'd bring in Henderson. I'm going. Well, why would you now at this moment bring him in? But I'm thinking in my head. Please put something down when you name when you're actually picking your team. Put something underneath it. The reason why you're playing that player, and then we can talk about. It. And then everyone can have their own opinions on that. But don't just write the team down. That's my team. And you know, what's it say? I hope that. What's the normal thing? I hope that helps. What's that oh, rubbish? Yeah, don't, don't yeah, get me yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. But what's that rubbish? Please explain yourself why. People say to me, oh, why, you know, ask me, why do you think so-and-so is going to, who's going to win today, so-and-so? Why? Um, because they are. I'd get absolutely slaughtered. Yeah, yeah. People, got, you've got to have an opinion to then to open a debate. You just, just get a catchphrase. Like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I need to. I need to think of one really. Well, I don't. Um, why? Why you picked that team, Paul? Well, because I did. Yeah. Because I did that one. Yeah. One. Yeah. Because it is. Um, yeah. You talked about. We've already talked about PSG away. Um, Neymar and Mbappe. Um, you know, if we'd had a decent, uh, decent transfer window, I'd be saying, oh, Champions League is um, something I'm excited for. Looking forward to seeing how far we can go. I do fear for us. In games we're not equipped for, but I think you know. Now I've talked to you, and you're saying, "Oh, the spectre of the empty stadium and the fact that they, you know, they've beaten finalists last time round, it might have that anxiety playing into them." You know, maybe, maybe it does. It, it's definitely starting now. More and more, every every week we go by, it's affecting the players, Wayne. Mm. Without a shadow of a doubt, I don't want to hear about these people coming out. They're not bothered. They're earning loads of money. Sorry, players have got massive egos, and they're not being massive massaged at this moment in time. There's no adulation. They're mm. getting nothing, and the money doesn't make a difference. Yes, they, yeah, they can go and do it. Given everything, what this Potsy mob have done, really, they've taken away a lot of things. What you're spending your money on at the moment in time, there's nothing. There's nothing on. There's nothing really there to go and do. On the other side of it, we got. You look at our, there's RB in there as well, who are who are decent. Yeah, they are decent. Um, the fact of they haven't got massive egos. PSG game might be the easier game, but they're going to come into it. They all run at 200 miles an hour. They play at a high tempo. They're going to they're going to be a big problem. But you know, but we just don't know what we're going to get. And it's about United. All they've got to do really is bounce off of that Newcastle game. Nowhere near the finish article. And there's a lot there's a lot tougher games coming up as we know. But they've got to all really. I, I really don't know if anyone. He's taking that back line to get uh, together and actually asking them to speak, <laughs> asking them to honestly just speak to each other, look where each other is in the moment, and just get their lines right, just get their depth right, and just be so. Don't allow if anyone runs in between, there's someone shouting, telling somebody he's behind you, you know, thing, things like that. You know, all those basics, basics. You drop lower divisions. You go, you go 
middle to bottom championship. You go first division, you go second division, you go national, you go national league. There's some unbelievable centre halves and fullbacks in there, and they're unbelievable because they all are great mates and they all talk to each other. They take no prisoners. Mm. Communication is a key. Big name doesn't mean you. Big name, big money doesn't mean you're a good defender. If you if you don't communicate or no one communicates to you, you're in serious trouble. Mm. Serious trouble. But as we've seen already in the Premier League, the biggest thing that has been lost in our game, in the world game, is the art of defending. Because there isn't many good sides around who can defend. Yeah, talk talk about that um, to close on this week. Um, Chelsea are going to be the next game. Um, a team in a pretty similar position to us, not in the league, obviously. They've had a better start, but um, you know, similar in terms of the way that the team looks. They look good in attack sometimes. They look really bad in defence, and they look um, they look on that level like we're at. You know that they're some way off being a top team, but um, in that in that mix, basically, they've had three three draws where they were th- down three nil and then came back, and then they they were up two nil and three two and threw it away. Um, you know, for Oli, I, I, like you said earlier, Paul, especially at Manchester United all the time, but especially at the moment, because you remember two years ago when we played Newcastle and we were 2 nil down at Old Trafford and Mourinho was the manager and Sanchez inspired a 3-2 turnaround win and it was only a stay of execution for a matter of weeks and he was gone and you know that the next defeat that we have is going to put Ollie back under the spotlight and if we let's say we lost Paris and then we lose against Chelsea we're going to be in right the same position as we were um, the week before um, the Newcastle game where everyone's saying he's on the edge um, this is going to be it for him honestly I do think we're in that sort of territory at the moment where Ed's going to be thinking about firing Solskjaer because mm-hmm. it's going to be an easier decision so yeah, so, so these so games so are still must the must win games aren't they not just because we've got to get three points but because of the old mood of the club you're only one win away from or one loss away from disaster yeah, it's it's in the, it's on that timeline. It's 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 in that it's on that circle, isn't it? Mm. Or that pie chart, whatever you want to say. That he's gonna, that he that he's going to get. He's in that position to go and do that. And every manager's been in that situation at the moment in time. And it's just a shame, really, that all of a sudden it's got there quickly. And it's not all his fault. It's the people above. It's the way they work. It seems like they they're quite happy to do that to to go along those lines. But you know, you just know it's. You just know that, like you say, it's that that one defeat away. But the game's coming up. It's going to be... All he's got to do is just make sure that he's getting the performances. It's the performances that give you a chance. Chelsea will give you a chance. Chelsea will have a lot of the ball. Chelsea have got some made excellent signings big names at the moment they have none of them are gelled together not one of them have, they, they just can't they just can't get together as a as a defensive unit they're on par with Manchester United they have got you know every time he's trying to do something their centre halves let them down they got they're just they're just in a mess and the goalkeeper the goalkeeper yeah, yeah well Kepa, Kepa didn't really help he didn't get help by Zuma for one of them um, but he didn't help himself in the way he's come out but still there's there's big big problems with everyone um, so it's, it's, it's open at the moment it's and such the a fu- call isn't it it's impossible yeah and, yeah and the funniest thing at this moment in time we still haven't had a nil-nil yet yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know we've just still been no nil-nils um, we've seen some good football we've seen some boring football we've seen some 
awful, awful games of football we've seen. I mean, that's, and, that's, and it's the same everywhere. So we don't know what we're going to get. And I mean, if it carries on like this, there could be a shock who, who might get relegated. Yeah. If it carries on like this, it's be interesting what happens at Christmas to see who's top of the league at Christmas because generally, they're, well, our, our sky going to throw up about that one. Um, oh, Aston Villa top of the league. Well, whoever's been top of the league at Christmas, that means they win the league. <laughs> I, I don't think Sky will try and say that because that, that doesn't fit their narrative. Yeah. So, um, Depends who it is, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, of course it does. They, of who they want it to be. So yeah. I'm sure they'll drag up something about Liverpool. It's Liverpool position. The team has come from there to win it or something like that. Yeah. So, but <clears throat> rather than me keep, um, digging, digging things up like that, I just have to say is that I really hope that Oli gets it right on his selection. Who he's going to play, how he's going to go about that game. Is he going to look to try and win the game? Because if he goes too defensive and too holding players in that game, then he's, then he's bringing um, PSG onto him all the time, which suits them. Yeah. It's a, it's a really... I don't know how he's going to um, do it next week. Is it is it a case that he rested the players against Newcastle knowing that he's going to be playing two big games and he's going to be playing those players? In which case, if, if it's going to be like Matic and Pogba who play against Paris and Chelsea, they they really need to give a response. They really do. Um, Eric Bay as well. I mean, I don't know when we're going to see him again, but... Um, Obviously, big question marks around him. How on earth you bring Tellers into the side after starting Shaw again? I thought, you know, Shaw, yeah, like you said, Luke Shaw is Luke Shaw. So what you see from him, you're never going to be hugely surprised. But what I was impressed with was the fact that he didn't shirk and from that sort of mishap, he didn't let it get to him. He was more determined to sort of put it right against Newcastle. Now, he wasn't, he wasn't perfect, but he was at least... He, he was, you know, like we've said about him before, and you've certainly spotted it loads of times about his lack of concentration. I thought his concentration was better. Is basically what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying. I really want. I really want to go with you on this, Wayne, and try and say. <laughs> but we've been there so many times, yeah. and it's been up. It's been down. You know, it's just it's it's been up. It's been up and down more than these blooming COVID stats they keep bringing up. <laughs> you know, again, you know that's that's the thing about it. And again, I'm going to use these words. It was only Newcastle. Yeah, they, they did. They didn't really have anything. I'm trying to figure out who he was up against, and I can't even think who he was up against because no, I don't think anyone was there. No one was pushing on him and running in behind him and causing him problems. You know, it was it was it, it was very very difficult and to try and jump on it too much out of that. All you can talk about is the players who maybe got a lot of confidence in their performances, the good performances, I would say, like Marcus Rat, Even though he, he wasn't in the game enough, in my opinion, in the second half, he's, he, he, um, for the goals and what is involved in his movement around the box, there was a few... Po- the penalty was fortunate, by the way. Yeah. Very, very fortunate on the penalty. It was, a, uh, again, Fernandes started out off the edge of his own box. He, he gets there, he makes an overlap for him. He made a poor decision to go across the front. And, I, well... You know, it was a fortunate penalty, I would say, by the way. I don't know why it wasn't checked again or something. The referee goes and looks at it. Because he'd actually kicked the ball. He'd given the ball away. I, I thought that when I looked at it. I thought, it just depends on the angle and what you look at it. If they, yeah. the, the last one on what you looked at it, then yeah, maybe. But look at it at three of It's only that angle. The yeah. angle, the last one that he saw, that we all saw that he saw. It was only that angle that looked like it was a penalty. The, all the others, yeah. I thought, was. Well, 
he's he's given the ball away and then and then he's been yeah this slight contacts but even yeah. then he's like well yeah, yeah it was I mean he, yeah, that, that was poor. but his movement was better and he's gone and scored a goal and yeah. so you look at that you look at Fernandes you look at Mata you look at Van der Beek when he comes on I'd look at them as an attacking positive to do you know to what they took on they done they done re- done really well in that sense but but the next bit is judging against those play- the ones you expect your big players you expect them to ones who are going to, if you're in a tough time to get you out of jail, they come through and they've done well. So the next game is where you look for you're looking for your big players to come to the front as well, mm. and then you're looking for your other players to 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 bounce off the back of that that win against Newcastle and go from there. You need the back four. You need every single one of the back four players to actually to really come to the forefront. Wan Pasaka's playing his first big game in Europe. You know, you got um, Luke Shaw. You're not sure about Lindelof. In tentative, Harry Maguire. One, you know, what's going on? That one game against Leicester weren't really put under pressure. You're saying to yourself up against a better player in Mbappe, yeah. a pacier player whose movement is going to cause him problems. So it's one to watch. It is absolutely uh, difficult runner games for United to come mm. up, and um, we'll be back to talk about the first two of those next week. Remember, guys, um, TOTD10 for a 10% discount with classic football shirts. If you enjoyed the show, give us a nice rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, that's it. We'll be back next week to discuss the games against Paris and Chelsea. Take care. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.